This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, we're uh, recording Sunday night, uh, two hours before the Patriots game. I'll be honest with you, this is usually the time I leave for myself from watching game film, doing a little research, um, getting ready for the game. So I don't know how the Patriots are going to fare without my preparation tonight, but whatever, we're making it work for the podcast. Dude, I, I'm out in Seattle right now, and they had a London game this morning, and it started at 6.30 a.m. Seattle time. <laughs> Just what a world. We got football on at 6.30 a.m. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing? You know, I normally like to be positive here and say I'm doing great, but I'm not doing great. And the reason is the, the world of football that you were just, you know, so excited about. I can't stand the Sunday night football game when the Patriots play it. Like, the worst. We are always on freaking prime time, and I know that's just like the spoils of being so good. And I feel like I probably ranted about this before, but it's Sunday right now. I'm already stressed about being exhausted tomorrow at work tomorrow. Like, that sucks. Like, Sunday's my rest day, and, and I watch football and watch the Patriots win like they always do. And I'm already concerned about how tired I am going to be at work tomorrow. So, so screw Sunday night football. That's what I have to say. You know yeah. what's frustrating about that too, Trent, is – Today was the whole daylight savings thing. We we got an hour more sleep. Like, who is deciding when we're going to – like, why can't we flip the clock back tomorrow? Because at least I'd feel a little bit better about the Sunday night game if I knew – oh, I could, I'd, like, go to bed at 11 and be like, oh, sick, I get an extra hour of sleep. But no, they wasted it on a, you know, Saturday into Sunday. Who needs the extra hour of sleep on a Sunday morning? Are you kidding me? Ridiculous. Couldn't agree more. I um So I was flying to Seattle last night. I got off the plane – uh, I think it was a la- around 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. Seattle time. Got to my hotel around midnight. I was exhausted because it's, you know, I mean, when you're midnight here, that's 3 a.m. back home. I get into bed, and we have the time change, right? So we get, you know, three-hour time change plus daylight savings. I went to bed. I was up at like 3.45, 4 a.m. in the morning because my internal clock is telling me to get out of bed. It's like, you know, it's like you got to assess for the four-hour time change. It's just like, you know, I, I was up. I didn't know what to do. So I, you know, I went downstairs. I had a cup of coffee. I was looking at the football games. I went for a run at like 530 in the morning. I don't know. I think I completely agree. We need to reassess when we do this whole daylight savings crap. Our life is tough. I don't know who we have to yeah, talk right? to to change that, but we, we should find him. Um, <laughs> Steve, quick note on your early morning run. I, I've done that sometimes, right? You're in a hotel. A lot of times you got a shitty bed. Uh, you know, there's a, an AC that, that half works and is like dripping on you or whatever. Hard to sleep through the night. And you kind of get up and it's like 4 a.m. What do I do? Maybe I'll just go for a run. Uh, those are some of the coolest runs when you're running around like super early in a city. And, and you know, there's like street lights on, but nobody else is out. I kind of freaking love that. Yeah, I, it, it, it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoy badass. it. Yeah. Yeah, I went down. I'm on the I'm on the water in Seattle. So I went went. You know, along the water, it was, you know, saw the Mount Rainier in the in the distance. It was it was mm. pretty nice. It was great. But, you know, I feel like, you know, it's what is it? It's it's three o'clock my time. I feel like it's eight o'clock at night. I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we had uh, a really, really great interview for you. It's uh, probably 
it, this is the first time we've had multiple guests on for an interview. So we had Brandon Kidder and uh, Josh Kerr, both from the Brooks Beast track team. Um, and they both just competed in Doha at the World Championships. Uh, Josh, Kerr, Josh Kerr ran for Great Britain and Brandon Kidder ran for the United States. So uh, a different type of interview. We thought we'd try something out, see how it went. And I think it went really well. It was cool to um, have them on together because I feel like it loosened them up a little bit. And, you know, mid-interview, as we'll, you'll hear, they start talking crap to each other, which makes it fun. I mean, like any any good teammates should, they were giving each other a hard time. So it was fun to, like, get that on the interview and change the dynamic up a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into it. Our interview with Brandon Kidder and Josh Kerr of the Brooks Beast Track Club. All right, we have a very different type of interview for you today. We have not one, but two members of the Brooks Beast Track Club. We have Josh Kerr, who just represented Great Britain at the World Championships, and Brandon Kidder, who just represented the United States at the World Championships. Gentlemen, welcome to Peak Too Early. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So you guys are currently training in Eugene right now? Yeah, like yeah, so we're doing like a onboarding kind of, you know, lots of team exercises, team building, like obviously running every day, um, and just kind of getting back into the swing of things, you know. You know, Danny thought it'd be a good idea to to start off being, you know, where the trials are gonna be in a year's time for, for these US guys. So, you know, it's just kind of putting themselves in that mindset and, and you know, starting the year off uh, where 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 these guys want to end the year pretty much. Yeah, exactly. It's something that we've done every year since, I think since the beast inception, basically. Um, when we first meet up for practice again, so we reported back like just a couple of days before leaving, come to Eugene, we always just have like a fun team camp. It's a good way to get, because everybody kind of spreads out after the season. So it's nice to just like live with each other and like get back into that, that team atmosphere. Just, it's a fun way to start the season. I think that, I mean, all the training teams and, you know, for the different brands across the country are so different, but I think the, the beast track club is one of the most unique and most fun groups. I think that you could be a part of just kind of as an outsider looking in. Yeah, it's definitely like, we're really tight. Like I feel we're probably some of the, one of the closest teams, I would say, if not the closest team, it's hard to like, you know, against maybe like a, a tin man where, you know, they obviously train and live together like, like we do, but you know, um, you know, they're a lot more spread of ability. You know, there's a lot more of them. I feel like we're probably one of the closest small knit group in, in, in like in the world. So, you know, it's definitely fun to be a part of and being able to hang out with, with your boys and, and stuff every yeah. day as well as training them. It's, it's just a bunch of fun. So Exactly. And for better or for worse, we meet up a lot more than I think a lot of groups do. So, I mean, I, I personally like that, but we kind of try to meet up as often as possible. So five days a week for sure with Danny and then the other two, we still just getting runs in together. I know a lot of other groups kind of like to have their, their like their time away from the team, you know, can yeah. can blend together. But uh, we're we're pretty uh, pretty close. So it sounds like you guys kind of got like a almost like a cross country preseason feel going on here with this uh you know camp you got going on. So I know everyone you know in college preseason you got some like rituals and shenanigans is there any good uh any good brooks beasts like uh you know summer camp uh rituals you guys got going on i don't know so it's it's 
I don't think we have anything that we've done every year. Last year we swam, so it's usually in October. So there was a lake. We were in Bellingham, Washington. Um, and we're, we've got this little stream in our backyard here, so maybe we'll have to make that a tradition. We'll have to take <laughs> it we head out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. Pretty, I mean, I've only done, we did one last year, you know, you know, this one, uh, obviously is a different location, but we have a great house here. We just hang out a lot. Like we just, you know, um, have a couple of drinks, go out and, and just kind of bond a little bit. You know, it's not yeah. super time of the season where we can't, you know, you know, relax a little bit and, you know, let ourselves go. But so, you know, I think Eugene's going to provide a lovely Halloween for us. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, so probably oh, yeah. just have a couple of drinks and, and just hang out. And just, just chat. Yes, it does have a preseason cross vibe in that respect. <laughs> <It did. as well. laughs> you mentioned that the the, the preseason kind of got pushed way back because the season went so long, you know, because they, you know, Doha was so late, World Championships was, was so late. Um, do you think that's going to impact you guys kind of heading into the winter season at all? Or do you think that there may be some advantages from that? I think if anything, it's it's an advantage because it's just so hard. It's funny, we just, I, he mentioned that we were with uh, Nick Simmons earlier today, and that was one of the things he, he did in his career is he just, like, very, really focused on his championship and uh, just, like, slowly building up the entire season. I think that 12 months out, it's just it's so far to, to stay focused. So I think you're more likely to just do too much and get banged up before the time actually comes than, like, if we had to be fit in three months, we could do it, you know? So now we still have way longer than that so i think starting later and not it's not like we're starting from zero you know like as soon as we get things underway we'll, we'll probably be benefiting from the fitness that we gained this summer so i think it's it's great that it was such a late season and going into like a much earlier year relative to last year should be good for us any uh any good off-season stories i was trying to get everyone to go to vegas but no one would have come with me <laughs> Um, but <laughs> yeah, like it, it was weird because like, so like obviously me and Kidder went to Worlds and, and a couple of the other guys finished their seasons earlier and, you know, I had David Rivers, he came out and, and helped me out in Albuquerque for my pre-camp for Worlds. So, you know, he kind of came through all the way until, you know, when I finished as well. So, you know, we were kind of spread, like some of the guys took some time off, you know, some of the guys were, you know, they've already built up a little bit. So some of them got some fitness. So. You know, when, when, I, when I pitched the idea for Vegas, not everyone was on board. <laughs> slowly I dropped like flies and then uh, <laughs> I had to make the way up with um, one of my best mates from UNM, one of my uh, roommates. So we did that with a couple of people up there. So, you know, we we discussed it. We were like, right, OK, if we if we if we can get this together now for next year, we will all go to Vegas. So, you know, that's kind of the plan for next year. So that's hopefully going to come out. Yeah, well, that's, no, we'll be there. <laughs> So the, so the Vegas last year, and uh, so the whole team went for the for this. Uh, Brooks sponsored the rock and roll marathon there, or it was like a partner or something. And so then they wanted us to run a mile, so we got to run it like race down the Vegas Strip. And it was in October, so like, you know, we're not fit. The we're only like, person is fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like a, the race was low low stakes, but. Then afterwards, we obviously got to enjoy Vegas, and so now we've been itching to get back there together. Um, I, mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trent, your mic. There we go. So I've been pretty quiet here. My uh, my computer gave me the blue screen of death a minute ago, so I was trying to reboot and everything. So I was trying to follow the conversation, but now that we're back to Vegas, 
I can really <laughs> jump in. I feel like uh, I have some questions. <laughs> so let's let's go. Let's break down Vegas. Like, what what is the first thing we're doing on a night out? What what is the first thing we're gambling on? Yeah, I feel like most of us are blackjack. You know, like I yeah, feel okay. like if you're blackjack or roulette, the, the, the noob games. Like we're not. Oh, yeah. Like none of us are like sitting down playing poker. Like we're not trying to lose. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you guys that like? get mad at the other people at your table for blackjack or are you just like making yeah, random like, you know I random plays? like I, I held on like a 15 and i love and, it yeah I, I, I won the hand because the guy bust and the guy sitting next to me just snapped at me he was like you can't be excited for holding on a 15 what are you doing i'm like i'm fucked by that bud but i won money so deal with it um but no none of us probably won him money too right yeah probably and but i don't know i don't know if he was counting cards or something but i was doing something wrong for him yeah, no, I don't know. I was like feeling more safe at like the roulette table. Like I, it's I think about it, yeah. There's just I don't know. It was like a lot of like a lot of them were just not knowing what was going on. But a lot of people won money that night last year. Yeah. So yeah, we just went in there, just total, just no idea, what was <laughs> no idea what's going on. We just yeah. Got that's that's how you win. That's how you win money. Every time I go in with a plan and I go into a casino with a plan, I always lose. I always lose. But if I'm just kind of hanging out, just kind of you know messing around, dabbling, I'll throw a little bit on black there, you know, a little bit on this, a little bit on that. They end up end up winning. So that's probably the mindset you got to have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So so what's after the gambling? Like what are we doing next? Are you guys going out till <laughs> yeah. you know six a.m.? Are there like you know the shows with the concerts? What's on the what's on the game plan? We have the privilege of like. We got um, we had free entry into like was it Dre? I think it was Dre's nightclub or something like yeah. that. It was like a rooftop nightclub um, with like free drinks. Um, I think the whole of like the marathon was allowed in there. I don't know like what it was, but you know. So that was that was bouncing to be fair. Um, so we that went was, there for for a while. That was um, definitely the majority of the night so, was spent on the dance floor. I mean, there's like stripper poles that Dave was like dancing on, and and it was it was quite the night. So yeah, it was, Dave's a big dancer. He's a big he's a d- big stripper. <laughs> so, yeah. So what is uh. Like for your other uh, off season stuff, what what is the stuff you allow yourself to do? Maybe like the food you allow yourself to eat. Maybe like you know activities you, you engage in when you're uh, off season, as opposed to like when you're training hard and it's you know training or championship season. That's a good, good question. I I don't have like <laughs> nice a job, hobby man. that I'm itching to do that I I don't do during the year. Yeah, and I found myself like getting further and further away from like craving just like trash food at the end of the season. I don't know, maybe I'm getting older, or maybe just like I think I think that like personally, I don't go on like a super strict diet like for the majority of the year, so I don't feel like I'm like oh I need a donut because I haven't had one. Since. <laughs> like, I don't know. One of the nicest things is just like not having to like worry about like staying hydrated or like rolling out like doing like stupid little yeah, things definitely. just like i'm doing none of that for like the next two months like anything that's just like tedious kind of time consuming i just just skip that and then... <laughs> i don't know we were switched on like we were locked in for so long last yeah. year like you know that was what an eight months ten month season for us like we started in january so yeah. it was really difficult for me initially to like turn that switch and just be like oh we're done like Especially like I didn't finish Worlds being like, you know, that was that was exactly what I wanted it to be. You know what I mean? And I feel like we were probably both on that boat where yeah. it's like, you know, there was always another race, another race. We could have another attempt at something or we could go and run faster. Like, oh, like, but now it's just like, you know, we just have to flip that switch. And it's like, all right, well, that's us done for this year. And that was just really difficult for me to do. 
Um, so I like I, w- I didn't really go out or drink or really much straight after Worlds because it was just too so long to like unwind from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you just feel so lazy, dude. Because all we do is run every day. So when you yeah. take that away, you're just like Jesus. I know. I, I'm like I'm like showered <laughs> today. Yeah. It's like like I usually would shower after I run. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> like the morning's kind of getting away from you and then you're like man like i guess i'll shop before lunch after lunch i don't know like so then you start just structuring your meal your day around meals instead of running and then you know it's weird it's, man. Pretty, it's pretty boring yeah i was itching to run pretty soon after honestly it's so. amazing how short the day gets the less structure you have in it you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you go back or, to like the days of high school, right? And those days seem so long because you get to school so early and then you, you know, you go to practice and then you got your, you know, you got your homework when you get home. Those days yep. feel like forever. But, you know, yep. now you're out of college, you're professionals, you know, if you, I mean, you, I'm sure you have very structured days, but like you said, on your off time, on your, you know, on your off season, those days can just fly by. Exactly. I think most people are itching to like take trips after their season. Like that's like the big thing to do, you know, like go on vacations, my vacation. I spent like, I left Seattle in August, on August 20th. And then I came back to the U.S. like October 2nd. And like in between there, just all over the place. So like all I want to do is just unpack my suitcase and just stay yeah, at home. Suitcase. I don't want to just, I don't want to like travel anywhere. I didn't even want to drive in my car to like go, go run. So yeah i was i was just like taking a break from traveling that was vacation for me yeah doha on its own is like a vacation right i mean definitely i saw a lot of the instagram stuff we followed a lot of runners and we're talking to people and they're going all over like the world like you just said it's like you were just in doha for you know two weeks or whatever it was how long were you guys there for take it out you man like i i tell you what doha like they put on they, they were able to facilitate a great event like they they air conditioned like everywhere we had to be when we were at the track like it was a fantastic event but Doha as a place it was just there's not a lot going on so, a, a like, lot of people did a lot of the same things I think I think there was like we're gonna take a trip to the desert and we're yeah. gonna like ride a camel or ride dune buggies <laughs> or like the market was cool there was there was some cool things I didn't detail. do any of that it was just pretty <laughs> hot outside it's to be out Outside, I, did, I, I spent zero time outside, as, as little time as I could. Man. It, was it, it was crazy until I was finished racing. So Josh was also like the second half of Worlds. So like I had a couple of days after my races had finished, and I still spent like 15 minutes outside during the yeah. day. I was out there at night, but man, it was it was tough. It's not even like the citizens aren't outside. Like, nobody's outside. <laughs> but that's what the night, everybody, like, everybody's saying. Everybody we talked to, like, yeah, I was in my hotel. You know, I yep. went on the treadmill and then I stepped outside when I had to go on the track and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was crazy. Like I, I had quite a different experience from Killer. He was over in Europe before going over. Um, so he was like accustomed to the time zone and stuff and something I did a little bit different, which, you know, um, a lot of the British like athletics knew and stuff like that is like I stayed on US time um, while over there. So I was going to sleep at like 6 a.m. and getting up at about 4 p.m. Um, which was just the most depressing thing because it's dark. Um, like, well, it gets bright at like 6-ish a.m. So I got like a little, like 10 minutes of sunlight there and it gets dark at about 5 p.m. So like I was just living in the darkness throughout the whole time. And it was so weird, man. So that was probably so why, why were you doing that? So there's, there's a fair few benefits from like being able to race at the same time that you train. 
Okay. Uh, and my, my races were like 10 p.m. at night. Um, so a lot of a lot of the guys that I was racing were like kind of a little bit tired going into the races because it is super late. As well as you know, you know when you take caffeine before a race and you're trying to get to sleep afterwards, or even if you don't and you've just got, done a race that you're happy with, it's really difficult to get to sleep. So there was a lot of benefits from it. There was a lot of like it was difficult to explain to a lot of people because I didn't really understand it at points. I knew Danny really backed it, so I was like, all right, that's all I kind of need. And like our nutritionist, Dr. Kyle, like really backed it as well. So I was like, you know, those two people in our in our corner are super smart, and I trust them. And they explained it to me, and I was like, right, that makes sense. But yeah, it was it was an interesting like situation. Um, and I know that Ali Ostrander, um, our newest teammate, did that as well. Um, and you know, I felt really good off of it, especially like it wouldn't work if you were racing at 10 a.m. or whatever. But you know, it, it works for that that championships. And you know, it was a cool experience. But yeah, I, if I was to change one thing, it would be like if I could hang out with more people because I was just sleep when everyone else is awake. Right. Yeah, we so. were left for a few days there, and I saw Josh like twice because it's like. <laughs> So we uh we try and stay away from as many uh nerdy running questions as possible. That's not what we're trying to do here. But I always gotta throw in at least one one per interview. We should like make it a segment like a uh, nerdy question of the week the brought to you by question like question of the interview. Yeah, brought to you by like vibrant five finger shoes yeah. or something like that. Um so but I I just don't wanna let us like because we we're having a great conversation, but I don't wanna miss the fact that like how accomplished you two are as runners. And obviously we're not gonna be able to like dig into it for both of you, but I guess can you guys give us like the your accomplishment that you are most proud of to this point in your careers? Because between the two, you guys got NCAA records, you got world records, you guys have been to world championships. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. But it, which one is like the the one that speaks to you the most? It's tough for me. Like like I haven't had enough time to reflect on the recent world championships to be like, you know, that was that was like you know really special for me. That was a massive jump forward in my career. Like I took a massive step in the right direction there. So I would probably have to say that. But like. For me, like that NCAA record was was such a massive moment in my career where I was able to, you know, establish myself on, you know, uh, you know, in the NCAA as what like the the best 1500 meter runner that's that's been in the NCAA. Um, so that was that was a huge moment for me and my coach and my family and and stuff. So like I would have to say that it's just like for for running 335, it's really difficult to keep. Um, you just have to have everything go right. Like I was probably in 333 high, 334 shape, but you know, I had to have everything go right. And, you know, I had some good pacers, you know, I had a great race and, and the spectators were fantastic. So you know, that's like, that's probably the best part about everything was, was that. And, you know, I've got to, you know, add in, you know, six of world championship is, is, is like the best thing I've ever done in my career. And, you know, running a PB in the final was, was huge, but, um, you know, that was, that was a different time, you know, like I would say for NCAA is, is the record rather than any of the tiles. Um, because, you know, I feel like it's just, hard to be the best you know you know it was like a 37 year old record and that was just really hard to get my wrap my head around like and now I've done that I, I can see it going like not soon soon but like I can see it going pretty soon but you know with the old old records it's really difficult for people to wrap their head around and be like yeah it's not possible like no one's done it in so long so that was cool for me um so I, I think that uh like this season would be you know a career year for me I PR'd in the, the 15 by like three and a half seconds or something and then a little PAP in the eight um but I mean I, I I gotta say probably the world championships I just I just walked away from it with like this sort of paradigm shifting mentality like I felt like I raced 
averaged maybe a little poorly in the in the prelim, but then I I like gamed up in semi and I executed. So that, that's what I would say I'm most proud of is just like being able to like run my race. And even though I like didn't make the final, like you know walk away with it somewhat disappointed, and then like finished tenth in the world. And last year like I was injured, I didn't even compete at USA. So I mean that's probably my proudest running accomplishment. Yeah. Brandon, I thought you were going to say the uh, world championship you have in the four by mile. Um, and, and the reason I need to bring that up, Mike and I have our school record, <laughs> small little division two school you've never heard of, but we have our school record in the four by 15. It was the first time our school ever ran it. Um, but okay. what do you think? Do you think our, our team's four by 15 could take your team's world record? Holding team? <laughs> the four by 15 versus four by 15. I think, yeah, I think our four by 15 versus your four by mile might actually be a great race. <laughs> <laughs> so he's leaving out the detail that, uh, the reason they had the record because uh, nobody had ever run it to that point. Uh, well, <laughs> the record don't work. Hey, we're looking for. Uh, maybe we'll set it up again next year. So if you want to get your your crew together, we can we can run it. You need to make sure it's mobile national though, because I want to run on the I want to run on the team. Yeah, he's off our I wasn't team. We had, a, we had a four Americans for it to count. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's okay. true. That uh, I, same as club cross and everything. They don't yeah. let me on. Oh really? Gonna, I never even I considered that. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you felt like left out. I, I sucks. And I just thought it was an absolute disgrace that they didn't even just bother putting me in. <laughs> you know, it was kind of fun, like you know, to leave Josh out. Honestly, it really was. <laughs> you know, our best leg, and we'd be like, "Oh man, we just walked away with the world record, man. It sucks you weren't on it." You guys didn't have sub four, dude. I ran sub four instead of Isaac. You didn't average it though. Just not. Good. <laughs> I don't know, Josh. Those are the four fastest milers together ever i don't think well, record, right? i don't yeah, think there's another yeah, team that, there's, there's not another yeah. team that could ever beat them <laughs> they might they might have been better off without you right <laughs> you got the dream team we didn't put together four top americans we put yeah, together the did. first beast well that's that's your fault <laughs> <laughs> can't argue oh. with the with the world record <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that was a good experience that was, that was just like a fun race i mean like that was that was something that I don't know when we we when we set that up maybe like last December it's like hey like you guys want to do a four my mile at Dr. Sandbert, Sanders and we're like oh yeah that'd be that'd be sick you know like especially like Hoka just set the record I think the year before and I don't know it's like something fun to just like talk about like throughout the winter because you knew it was gonna be like a low pressure event like relays are always just kind of fun so yeah for sure I we're I mean we are all for like the different types of events and making the sport more fun like we were just yeah. talking about it the other night with like the elimination mile that they did a couple years ago you know going after a, a four by mile re world record we think that's awesome like we're all for it i think that's that's one of the things that could potentially push the sport forward is if these invitationals these bigger meets throw in a fun different event something that's untraditional and that has never been done before yeah. for sure there, there was chat of like um I think the Oregon Project wanted to run like a DMR or something like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could challenge them on a DMR. Maybe, well, to be fair, they're pretty solid. Actually, the Oregon Project aren't a thing anymore, so it doesn't matter. But um, I feel like we can take them on. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever name for, for their new team. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it'd be nice. I like events like that, especially relays. It's kind of fun to like, because as pros, we like we never score meets, really, you know? Like, you don't. Yeah. Like, I think awesome. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, Josh never scores me then. Yeah. But, like, so it's kind of a cool way to, like, actually compete against another team, you know? Like, 
as a team, at least, not just as individuals. Definitely. So one thing uh, we like to hear from our from our guest is what something what would your job be if you weren't a professional runner? He's still a professional sports person. I can do a desk job. I don't know. Like, I feel like you'd be. I think I want to get it, I want to get into coaching down the road. So yeah. coaching in some capacity. I think like currently I would I think that I would like to coach at a college, but. I don't know, maybe maybe something else, maybe like <laughs> coaching some high school, like doing something else. I think that that's like, I that was my mindset through, throughout college. Like I majored in kinesiology in undergrad, and I kind of wanted to go that route. And I think I just want to like be involved in the sport in some capacity. Like it doesn't feel like I have a job now, so I like to just keep that feeling through <laughs> the rest of my life. You know, just doing something I love doesn't feel like work. You know. That's the thing is I, I, I used to think I wanted to be a coach and then I was like, you know, the classic, like I'll do it at college level or whatever, or, you know, but, and then I watched Danny do his job and he's uh, head and shoulders better than I would ever imagine to be. And it's like, I don't want to be a bad coach yeah. and I would never <laughs> be on the level of coaching he is. So I'm like, I can't be a coach because I'm just not, I just don't have that knowledge <laughs> that he has. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like I've never really thought about it. Like, I think just I'd probably just pick a different sport to be honest. Like I did a lot of sports growing up, but played a lot of rugby. My brother's a professional rugby player, so you know I'd maybe just get him to beat the crap out of me for a bit and maybe see if I could be a professional rugby <laughs> player. Oh, was, uh, when you were growing up there, was your brother like considered way cooler than you being the rugby player and you being the track star? Still, I've never been he's cool still dude. a professional rugby player and he's still way cooler <laughs> than Josh. <laughs> no, he's he, he's cool. He um he's like a year and a half older than me. He um. Yeah, he's he's like what a solid hundred hundred ish pounds bigger than me, just under hundred pounds bigger than me. So when we wrestle, I don't win normally, but you know he's <laughs> a cool guy, and you know um you know he used to run as well when we were a lot younger. Um, so we've kind of been helping each other. It just sucks because he knows a lot more about running than I do about rugby. So whenever he has to like, he very much critiques my, my races, and it's the worst thing ever because he knows <laughs> what he's talking about. So that kind of that's kind of you sucks, don't know much about the nuance of rugby. No man, I watch a lot. I uh I don't quite know the ins and outs of it, but you know it's 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 nice to have like a supporting family and and people just backing you up. So no, it's it's good. Very cool. I love that mentality when you're saying like you're trying to think of like what else you'd be doing if you're running as if like nobody's ever asked you that question or you've never even thought about it. Just like no, nah, I was always gonna be a professional athlete. <laughs> like, it's, that's such a great attitude. It's it's difficult. Like I've always like I was like ah uh, you know because I I got coached by you know Chris O'Hare's dad uh was was part of like uh, some of the coaching that uh, i got when i was younger as well as you know my my main coach and you know his siblings were, were running with me and i just watched his career and i pretty much have been like three steps behind him every single like you know way as i was watching him become a you know he went to tulsa and i was like i want to go to u.s university so i went to university and then he's you know went and signed with adidas and went pro and i was like oh, i'll do that as well so, you know, that's like, I've always had that, like, mentality. I was always going to be a professional athlete. That's just, I'm just not good enough at school, man. <laughs> Brandon, what's your yeah, second? I, I feel like I had, like, my second best sport. Uh, I played football until I was a junior in high school. So, my right. first 11th grade, and I was, like, I mean, I wasn't, like, big, but I was this size. I was, like, as a sophomore in high school, I think I'm, like, three pounds heavier than I was as a sophomore more so I wasn't big even for a high school football player but I think I was I think I was a competent quarterback I was like very I wasn't gonna get beat deep I wasn't gonna get beat outside like I was just 
solid all around. <laughs> make make up for it in hustle as well. You know, Listen, I wasn't I was tired in fourth quarter, so I was all the other my second best. All the other training teams out there, do not mess with the Brooks Beast. They are living up to their name. We got we got a we got a rugby player and we got a football player on the track. I mean, I don't think many other I don't think many other teams can say that. That's pretty incredible. We used to bring it to wrestling as well. Whenever like we, we, we have a little wrestler, like when we went to jiu-jitsu that time, he kicked my ass. So he's still a strong ass, man. It's not good. When you say whenever we have a little wrestle, it sounds like you guys wrestle <laughs> like not not That's so right. rarely. How often is this a thing? It's happening like it's come up like obviously like Josh is kind of a beefy guy, you know. What kind do you of mean like, beef, dude? This is lead. <laughs> he likes to put his chest out, you know. So I like to just bring him down to react, and then you know we just we just all showed it. we're a close team, you know. So just just like high school boys <laughs> wrestling, I, I guess. It. I think you guys are gonna love this. So in college, our team used to do something where we'd we'd get in a big room, and if the only way you were allowed to watch everybody was if you were like down to wrestle. And so people would just call out other people and like make like a random matchup, and then you just had to go in the middle and wrestle. Um, so if you guys ever want to implement that as team bonding, it's a, it's a great idea. <laughs> that's, that's what we that's do. That's what we do nice. every year, man. So you get so, to just call people. So you just have like if you're in the room, like you're it's fair game. Right, yeah, so if you, if you were in the room, you have to go. If you don't want to wrestle, then you can't be in the room. <laughs> it was yeah. great. Dude, the best, the best part that. of it, too, was, like, we would show up to practice the next day. Everyone would be covered in, like, rug burns and, like, cut up. And Coach would be <laughs> so, like, what the hell like, happened to you guys? And we'd just be like, uh, we, we horse fell. Horseplay. <laughs> yeah, a little horseplay, Coach. <laughs> That's cool. I love that. That uh, is, yeah. It's, like, when I, whenever I like wrestle for any extended period, like we did, we went to like a Danny's like huge into jujitsu, so he had us like, like we were like like begging him to like take us to like a jujitsu practice. So he's like close close with his coach in jujitsu, and he had us in there for like a, a practice. He just like taught us like the, like super basics and like they were like very careful about like like okay we're gonna go like half speed like do everything slow we're not trying to hurt anybody, but like of course that didn't happen. Like we're supposed to be like practicing and. <laughs> choke each other and like yeah, i dropped henry <laughs> i like i had him on my shoulder and i just dropped his ass and he went bang that but like quality. but like because of that like four of us were banged up the next day <laughs> i wasn't but, like drew had a little little nerf toe like yeah. i know henry had a bicep injury so, was, yeah. so i don't think we're going back to jujitsu class <laughs> but that'd be perfect for calling people out you know just getting in an actual gym oh man that's amazing well, hey, guys, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun talking to you. We're huge fans of the Brooks Beast uh, team. Um, but before we wrap up, we end every interview with a with a quick little game we call Down the Home Stretch. So, Mike, why don't you kick off Down the Home Stretch? It was actually good that we, uh, you know, good transition off of, like, wrestling each other topics. So this, your guys' topic for Down the Home Stretch, I guess we're just going to, like, you know, compare you two and you guys have to figure out, you know, you know, which one meets the category better, I guess. So Trent will start, and for 90 seconds, we're going to rapid-fire questions at you. Go ahead, Trent. All right, we'll start off with, with some easy ones here. So who, who's most likely to, like, oversleep for a workout? Josh, me. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> who, who's, who's more likely to be the last one at the bar? Ooh. Tied. Yeah. Close it, too. We'll both be there. Yeah, we're going to be yeah, there until, yeah. Nice. All right. What what if you were in like a you know Fourth of July style hot dog eating competition? Oh, I'm 
crushing just it. Just for sure. 100%. This guy doesn't eat enough calories. Not to. Who would be a who, who would be a better shot putter? Oh, I shot put when I was younger. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I loved shot put. So like, Penn State was a pretty big shot put school. I, so I used to mess around with shot putters a little bit. I feel I'll like I'm you, kinda, I'll give you this. I feel one. like I kind of, I don't know. It would be close, but I'm giving it to myself. Nice. For... Who, uh, who would win a beer mile? Me. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm do one. But I'm just backing myself right now. Yeah, I'm in great beer mile shape. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Uh, I'll, I'll give yeah, it a shot. Do it. That, that sounds like a good uh, Brooks Camp yep. uh, activity. You should implement a beer mile. The problem is, like, right now, nobody's fit. So then you'd be like, oh, <laughs> man, if I were fit, you know? So, I mean, we're still fit last year. But running fast doesn't sound that fun right now. <laughs> All right, what about, uh, what about an ultra marathon? I don't know why you do one, but if you, if you did... Josh is a better distance runner than me. He's yeah, a, he, I would say Josh. Who's the bigger uh, shit talker? I, I can't. Josh. Oh, me, for Josh sure. is the biggest. <laughs> yeah, I so thought I knew the answer like, to that one. <laughs> the time trials came me, and I just was like, all right, we're racing again, and I was just hyping it up. And he was like, I don't need that hype. I was like, all right, I'm going to continue to hype it by myself. No, no, this started before the time trials. I beat him at the Vegas mile. So he yeah. already. He <laughs> <laughs> bring up. Uh, time trial and then I got him again yeah, yeah but so. then did you beat me from the season wrestling match is about to break out right now yeah it's yeah wrestling match who's gonna win a wrestling match <laughs> oh yeah who asked him who won that last night <laughs> Mike, what's the last question who read a book more recently well great oh, I've never a that's for sure <laughs> we have a book club <laughs> he's not finished the books though I'm not a book guy. Uh, I could I could listen to an audio book, but yeah, I I want to say the I would say it's been at least ten years since I finished a book. <laughs> I read you know, I read pretty pretty often. This dude book can't read. Oh, <laughs> I have a communication degree, dude. I love the audio books. I love the audio books. Uh, audio books are great. Like it was on the long drive here. It was just listen to a lot of podcasts and, and yeah, all of those. So that no, was good. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, too, you gotta put peak too early in the rotation now. Well, that's the thing. You guys messaged me, and I was like, I want to listen to a couple of your podcasts before starting to make sure you guys are the real deal, man. And I was <laughs> fantastic. So that's why, you know, we we were more more than excited to come on, and because you guys are doing it right, and it's and it's been a lot of fun today. I knew it would be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, we're just. We're just trying to we're just trying to grow the sport. I mean, we're just trying to show off athletes in a different way. That's other than you know, you know, what's your mile splits? You know, what are you know, what'd you do for training? That sort of thing. So we're just trying to make the sport more fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That interview with Josh Kerr and Brandon Kidder was brought to you by TheFeed.com. The Feed is an online sports nutrition vendor and the number one resource for athletes. The Feed offers everything you need for training, racing, recovery, sleep, anti-aging, weight loss, and heck, The Feed even carries products that can help you cure a hangover from a post-race celebration. The Feed carries over 200 brands of the best sports nutrition, recovery products, and supplements. Whether you're looking for hydration products, gels, energy bars, foam rollers, CBD products, 
or high quality supplements. The feed carries it all. Brands like Muritan, Goo, Honey Stinger, Cliff Bar, Infinite, RX Bar, Vital Fit, all of your favorite brands are available at the feed. Go to feed.com, enter promo code P2E15, that's P2E15, to get 15% off your order. You got to do it. They got all amazing products. It's your one-stop shop for all running stuff. And uh, if you're gearing up for some big races or just starting to train, you got to get to the feed and, and get your order in right now. Guys, you're running out of time. You're running out of time. You only got a month left to get that first order in to extend discount. So get to the feed. Go order some stuff. Go order some of that stuff that you need as a runner and, uh, you know, secure that discount code for another month. Hey, it's not just for those, like, really running. So I got a big box of these Kate's Bivy bars. Took them to work the (laughs) other day. This lemon coconut, like, deliciousness. I'm throwing them out to my colleagues. Everybody loved it. So special shout-out to, to Kate and her homemade bivy bars. Or, or, uh, <laughs> I think what that's what she calls them. They're, they're bivy bars. B-I-V-Y bars. I got the lemon coconut flavor. Literally, like, everybody in my office loved them. Uh, I got to have to re-up pretty soon. They're they freaking delicious. Anyways, guys. I, that was a really fun interview. I had, I had a lot of fun mm. talking to uh, to Brandon and Josh. But, you know, former rugby player, former football player, you know, it gets a little trippy out there on the track in those mid-distance events. And you know what? I, I don't know if I'd want to mess with the Brooks Beast after uh, hearing that interview. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I definitely would at least want them on my team, right? If someone starts messing with me, throwing some bows at me out. And, of course, I definitely want, you know, a, you know, a rugby player out there coming up and having my back. It's, a, it's an important part of the team right there. Yeah, yeah love love the interplay between the two. And I, I thought Josh maybe, you know, talking about his like rugby roots and sort of thing was gonna be like, you know, total alpha and then Brandon comes in, he's like, Yeah, I put him in his place <laughs> sometimes with this. It was just it was perfect. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys, we had a we had a big weekend of running. Like we said on last week's pod, we kind of had a, a down week in terms of like the actual races for the first time in, in a couple months, but bounced right back this week with conference championships all weekend, New York City Marathon. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But we wanted to just kind of go through some of the some of the races this weekend, because like we said on last week's pod, this is where teams really start to show their cards. This is where you're going to see the rankings really, really kind of shape out the way that they're supposed to. Everything is just speculation, and it's a lot of bullshit kind of leading up to this point. But we have – this was the first true test, and we're going to get a clear-cut idea of where where these teams stand heading into national championships. Um, So anyways, guys, I wanted to talk about first the Big 12 Conference Championship, which was on ESPN+. So really cool. We got a big cross country meet on ESPN. It was a uh, so I, I watched it, but I gotta say it was really really poor execution by ESPN. Something happened to the cameras, and so like the first ten minutes of the race, they're commentating on it of the men's race. You're just staring into an empty field. It was mis- it, it was really really on, bad. On national television, it was just on that na- yeah on, of- e- on ESPN. You're just staring at an empty field, <laughs> and God. somewhere around ten minutes, like they came back and. You know, they got an angle where they can follow him. But I thought for sure they were going to have a camera in the in the lead car. It was it, I don't know. It was it was kind of strange. I mean, if if this sport is trying to get some you know popularity behind it and you're trying to put these things on ESPN so people can watch, you got to show up a little bit better and you got to do a little bit uh, better job of the coverage. Yeah, um, if you have like if you have like a high school kid who's you know running cross country, maybe he's young, doesn't know much about sport, but you know he's a, a cross country runner and, and sees on ESPN like oh wow that's that's cool. There's a 
cross country race. I'll, I'll check that out. And then that's their first exposure to it. It's like, well, that's the last time I watch, uh, you know, yeah. cross country event or running events. That's that's pretty uh, weak. Uh, Steve, who who won that um that championship? That was Iowa State. Yeah, you better believe it. It was Iowa State. <laughs> Let's go, boys, my boys. Edwin Kurgit took the win. No big deal. Uh, just ahead of uh, that that mystery man Isaiah Rodriguez. So he almost took down the number one. Oh. Uh, Running like, in the country. I was just going to say, so it's not Isaiah. It's like Isa or Issa. Isa, yeah. Isa or something like that. Um, he ran a great race. Um, so he took it out hard, and he challenged Kurgit right from the beginning. And the whole race was them two kind of battling it out. It wasn't until the last quarter mile where Kurgit really kind of pulled away with it. But Isa, he, he was he was right there. He was pushing yeah. the race. And it was a great race from the sophomore. Very impressive. Any other any other Big Twelve uh, comments on the Big Twelve race, guys? We should give a shout out to the women's side. I guess it was a super exciting finish. I didn't watch it. I won't blame it on the the camera not working because I just didn't uh, have the time in my day to try to try and watch the Big Twelve women's. But there was an exciting finish down the stretch. I think Iowa State took the team W as well, if I have that right. Um, but but it was an exciting finish with a nice little little like 0.3 second differential between first and second. So shout out to Callie Log for being a, a badass uh, kicker. Trent, to your point there, I um, it it's this is a cool weekend because every conference has their championships and there's so much going on. But it's almost to the point where there's so much going on that it's like hard to follow at times, right? It's a, you're trying to gather all this information, you're trying to like watch different things, pulling different results, and it gets confusing. Um, so it's cool to have that all happening, and like Steve said, you see everyone's cards really for the first time, but in the coming weeks where we have regionals and nationals stuff like that, and everyone kind of condenses down to one race, it'll be a little bit easier for everyone to follow. Oh, I just got a, a line in my ear from the stats information department. Uh, Oklahoma State won, not Iowa State, so, so my <laughs> bad on that. We have to fire the intern, get somebody else to give me some better stats. Uh, so speaking of, uh, of of bad stats from last week, uh, we, we straightened out that whole Kansas, our Kansas situation. Um, <laughs> women's Arkansas team, uh, absolute domination in the SEC championship. They are the real deal Holyfield, let me tell you. So they went 1, 2, 4, 5, 9, 13 at the SEC championship. The the Arkansas women's team is uh, is uh, looks like they – they're they're rolling right now and they're ready to, to to go after a national championship. Yeah, they're they're unanimous up top the uh, the women's pole and we all love to talk about Northern Arizona how they're this just unstoppable force. I mean they've done it for a few more years now, but Arkansas women are on that same level. It's it's really impressive. Yeah, another powerhouse of the sport. When you hear all those low numbers and sometimes like we were saying, it's like hard to know how dominant a team is sometimes based on their conference and the the level of. But I mean watching that team and seeing their results it's like there are no no doubters it doesn't matter who they face it doesn't matter what conference they're in there that team like you said with nau it's we already we already pretty much know our two national champions going into championship season right now hey mike they what what's the point of the race if we're going to crown them already all right i don't want you crowning any champions I, yet listen you know, I, listen I, that's the reason they run the race all right i i don't disagree with you but i i would be willing to uh to put a, a hefty wager that both of those teams, I feel very, very confident that both of those teams are taking home the trophy this year. I mean, if Trent, only you look like, you look a like freaking uh... sports book could take a hefty wager <laughs> on the college run. I mean, we, we lucked out with the uh, the world championship. This is how passionate I am about gambling and running, but we lucked out with the world championships able to place a few wagers on it. Um, how about we get a little, uh, little bookkeeping action on the, the cross country 
national championships here. I mean, Bavada, I mean, anybody else gambling again? I mean, Arkansas would be like, I don't know, they'd be like minus a thousand or like minus like thirteen hundred to win this thing. Yeah, I was gonna say probably more than more than minus a thousand. Um, moving on, let's uh let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten championship and our guy Ollie Hoare just just is a bad man out there taking down the win, leading his Wisconsin Badgers to a win on the men's side. Just a, a great race for Ollie. Yeah, I don't want to hear anybody tell me that Ollie Hoare is just a track guy. He's just a miler. This guy's a distance runner, and he's a beast. And I'm pumped to he does it national because I think he's going to be right there with the mix. He's going to be right there with the leaders. It's our guy. I'm pumped his nationals. I'm pumped he does, like, in his pro career coming up. The guy literally can do it all. It's, it's so fun to watch. And he's got a great accent. Yeah. <laughs> and on the women's side, Ollie's teammate, Alicia Monson, with a with a first-place finish, leading her team to a second-place finish on the women's side. So um, the Badgers coming in hot uh, into in, uh, you know through the Big Ten championships into nationals. Uh, looking forward to see what they do. Any other comments on the Big Ten, guys? I just want to comment on um, Alicia Monson. And, you know, she's going to be – have a chance to win national. She's going to be in the, the top group there. And I wonder if like, I know Wisconsin's already got great programs and you know, they're top, top 10, top 15 programs right now in the country. Um, but does their ability to have like a guy like Morgan last year and a, a girl like Alicia this year, having those like top runners and seeing what they've been doing. And even a guy like Ollie right up there, is this like the precursor to Wisconsin you know, in in the next few years, rising to the top and becoming a, a dominant program. Our recruits going to see what these athletes have been able to do with this program and under that coaching staff and, and rise them to the top. I, I, I think, think the so. peak too early brand's putting them to the top. <laughs> we we are showcasing the stud athletes. They're going to go up there and they're going after Northern Arizona in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I think so. I think putting these, uh, you know, putting that uh, that big red W at the front of these races is only going to help a program. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, guys like guys like Ollie, you know, Alicia, Morgan are, are definitely going to set this program up for success in the future. Of course. Pac-12 championship. Boys, I got a lot to talk about here. Um, so Buffalo on the men's side with a big, big W. Um, they got their, uh, you know, Top runner, or you know, one of their top runners, Klecker, with the win. Huge race for him. Um, freshman uh, Harrison, seventh. He's he's the guy that we we talked about a couple weeks ago, kind of an up and comer. Um, John Dressel with an eighth place finish. I was DMing with him a little bit after the race because we've had him on the pod, just kind of congratulating congratulating him on a Pac-12 championship. And he was just saying he was really, you know, he's he's very proud of his team and is excited that he won. But he said it wasn't his day out there. He wasn't happy with his race. So I think. You know, he left a little bit out there. But I think the story of the day uh, from the Buffalo side is Alec Hornick. So Alec Hornick, um, he was a decent runner in high school. He was a he was a 426 miler. He was a walk on. Right. And so he got rejected from uh, Colorado's business school originally trained for a year on his own at a community college, came back to Colorado, took him six months to make the team, ended up being the fourth play, the fourth guy on this team, you know, leading them to a Pac-12 championship. Guy, this is this is one of my new favorite runners in the country. I love stories like this. Is this Sav of the Week? I, that's what week. I was going to propose. I was going to propose <laughs> Alec Hornick 
you, my friend, are the Sav of the Week. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn uh, that much, but I kind of relate to this guy at all. You know, I ended up I ended up being in a walk-on at a school that I originally got denied from at college, uh, going into college, out of high school. Um, so, you know, this is just, you know, a, a young Steve Jenner out there, you know, just crushing it, winning a, winning a Pac-12 championship. Not a big deal. Trent, this is uh, the time of the podcast where you, you argue why he's not the Sav of the Week. <laughs> So I mean, we can get all excited. No, I, I can't. I can't argue against it. I'm all in on this. I was just actually thinking that. Um, ev- I mean, I'd love to have Alex on for a full interview, but even we need like a, a quick like two three minute interview with Sab of the week. I mean, we only do it. Mm. It's a weekly like segment it. that we do like once every other month, so it won't be that hard to get these quick like congratulatory. Give me a little speech. So Alex, start preparing your speech for us, will you? Yeah, and you see, he was the fifth man, right? Uh, I for, believe he for, was the fourth. Colorado. No, oh, no, okay. he was the fourth, and okay. uh, Herrera was right behind him in 13th place. Well, I was just going to say, like, obviously, I mean, as cross country, it's like, you know, your one guy is the stud, the, the quarterback of the team, the whole deal. But the fourth and fifth men in cross country, those are like, they, they, they it's like the Marcus Smart of, of uh, you know, a cross country team. Those are the guys <laughs> that you, you need to count on to come up in big moments. You, you're, that's where your biggest point fluctuations happen. You got to love a fourth and fifth man. That's 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 the 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 heart and soul of a cross country team. So I love it. I love Marcus Smart. And <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you just made that. I do that. So I'm all in on those guys. Shout out to all the Marcus Smarts out there. <laughs> oh man. But this was a huge win for Colorado cuz you're going up against teams like Oregon, Stanford, USA, UCLA, um Washington. So big win on the men's side, you know. Unfortunately, my team on the women's side uh had a had a fifth had a tough uh let's see. They got one, two, three, four, fourth place finish behind Utah, Washington, and Stanford winning the the, mm. the Pac-12, but uh pretty close in the in the standings there if you if you look at the scoring, but um you know, great race on the on the Pac-12 uh, side is uh, really interesting to see how that's shaped out. Guys, do you have any conferences that you want to talk about? All right, I want to talk about the Mountain West Conference and uh, my girls from New Mexico, the Lady Lobos and Winnie Kalati leading the leading the force, absolutely dominating the conference. wasn't even close. Um, so proving again that they're a force, getting the conference championship, and most importantly. The only guy on the podcast who had both of his teams win the conference championships weeks is uh is me. So I'd say I'd be feeling pretty good coming out of this weekend. Don't know about you, Trent. How are you feeling coming out of this weekend? Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> want to give a quick uh quick pep talk to my, to my teams here. So uh, I didn't get to it with the Big Ten, but uh, Michigan came in third on the on the women's side, and um you know I I just want to say I still believe in you guys. Like people may not consider you guys like real contenders and make some noise at nationals, but you know, don't listen to the haters. Peak too early is behind you. I'm behind you, which is most importantly. I'm saying so to all the ladies on that team. Let's go. Um, you know, we, we got time to turn this around. And then in the Western Conference, Portland took the second place. Um, quick shout out to BYU. They are like, re- I know we, we have NAU at the top of the men's. We got uh, Arkansas on top of the women's. But BYU, like the combo top five in both sides of the sport here. Uh, and they've been doing this for a few years now, and they are cranking out big names that are that are running real well on the professional level as well. So we should give a shout out to to the Mormons out in Utah. But uh, Portland, second place again. I just want to say I got your guys' back. I'm behind you. <laughs> I say sa to all the Portland guys as well. Um, it's not over. We we got time to turn this around. So we'll see you guys at nationals. 
Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any uh, anything to be ashamed of coming in second to BYU. They're they're very very good. Trent, do you want to you know do you want to change your teams? No, 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 we'll no. Give no, you the no. The, yeah, one you time offer. Change. One time yeah, offer. If you want, yeah. I can if you gave me that offer before I went on how like I still believe in my teams <laughs> I would have taken it but I just went on a rant about how I believe in both teams so I cannot change my picks now that's why I offered it <laughs> oh man um so we got to get to to some to see to some NYC marathon results later in the podcast but why don't we break it up a little bit Mike why don't we go to some of the DM questions that we got from our listeners on Instagram all right so yeah, we uh we put it out there on our on our social media, asking for people to write in, see if they have good questions. So we're we're gonna start with a good one here. This one's from uh, Jason Neely at Jason Neely. He says, um, if they were all in their primes of their career, who would win in a 5K? Larry Bird, Tom Brady, or Big Poppy? Those are three unathletic, iconic boxes. <laughs> Love the question. It would it would be a hell of a race. One Wait, a hell of a race. Again? Tommy Ortiz and Bird. Yep. Oh man, what a question from our guy Jason. He's the Arkansas guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, well, man, I think I think this is kind of a no-brainer. I think you got to go with Larry Bird, right? Because I mean, he's he plays the only sport where you have to consistently run throughout the entire game. So, I'm gonna disagree with you. I think we can all be in agreement that. Big Poppy's getting like half mile into this race and being like, "Oh, screw this, man! I'm done." And like, that was so. <laughs> I thought, I thought Big Poppy might be number two. Oh my god! So here, here's the reality of it. I think if it was like a, a you know, hundred meter dash, I'm taking Larry Bird. But for two reasons, I'm taking Tommy to win. I mean, he is clearly like the the fittest of all of them. I mean, he is the most in shape and you know i think probably running the most like doing longer runs more than any of the other guys um so i think that would give him the ultimate edge and uh it would be awesome because i think bird and brady would be close um and there's both like ultra competitors so i think it'd get a little nasty in there (laughs) but ultimately i just think brady is more fit and i think he's taking down bird i think poppy's coming way back way back yeah what about like what about like 2001 brady though the pre-Guerrero Brady? Yeah, pre-Guerrero Brady. Pre-TB12 oh. Brady. That, that, that would probably change things. I think but so. The, the question was the prime. The prime okay. of his career. All right. Well, does, does Tom Brady have a prime? I feel like his whole career is his prime. Yeah. Is he the first athlete in history to have the prime in the second half of his career? He might be. So. That's a nice advertisement for TB12 sports. There we go. So I want to break the tiebreaker here and just go with, with Brady. I originally was thinking Bird, but his back would give out. There's no way that man can run a 5K. Um, so Brady out there, and if you give him any time to, like, train for it, you know Guerrero's got, like, some guru out there that's going to have Brady, you know, breaking 15 in a 5K. So um, I'm giving it to Tommy, Tommy 12. Just, never mind. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got the, the pink Himalayan, Himalayan salt and the— do you think uh, yeah, the proper hydration techniques? He's good. Do you think? Um, no, I'm not even gonna say, say it. it. Say it no? no, 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 no. Moving on. Next question. All right. This one comes from uh, Daniel Smith, and uh, Daniel Smith is asking the boys, "How do you recover from a night out with the guys?" 
wow, this is I have a, a very uh, great combo here that actually like is very applicable to what we talk about. There's there's a couple keys to there's three keys to to recovering from that guys I would say, or four. The first is is not sleeping the day away. Once you once you wake up at like one o'clock or so, it's all over. So you're screwed. So you gotta get up early. Uh, two, you have to exercise. You go for a run. Like, believe it or not, folks, running is the best way to get that hangover out. You sweat out those toxins. Then you start feeling great about yourself. You start feeling like you can take over the day. Uh, next is a hot shower and or cold shower if it's the summer. But you need I a little shower. shower. Yeah. And then finally, you need an egg sandwich, a nice greasy egg sandwich, maybe a little corned beef hash <laughs> on there, a little yolky, little runny eggs. You dip that bagel in that yolk. Mm. But that's right there, the run or the early wake up, the run, the shower, and the egg sandwich. Yeah, I think I think the two pillars of recovery from a night out are you gotta exercise, you gotta you gotta you gotta bite the bullet, you gotta get out there, you gotta put in a couple painful miles, get some sweat going, get the blood pumping, um, you know, good good greasy meal afterwards. But I say you gotta make sure that you go on thefeed.com and get some <laughs> noon, pop a couple say. noon tablets, you know, chug that down. That has you know noon ha- the the feed has everything you need to to kind of get yourself back on track after that after that run and, and greasy breakfast. Well, that, that, you stole my answer there, Steve. So I'll get my actual answer. It's just Advil and Gatorade. I think Advil and Gatorade serves all the, the problems of the world. So that's your answer right there. Um, all right, we got a couple more. Tim PXC1996, that's at Tim PXC1996 asks, so should the, the question is, should the Nike Next Percents and other shoes of that kind be banned from the sport? Um, so just quickly, from my ignorant knowledge of Nike Percents, basically it's just this new technology that, all of the, I mean, it was what Kipchoge ran in when he, uh, you know, went sub two. It's what the women's marathon world record run. And it's this new technology, new light foam that's, you know, everyone's wearing now. It's the it's the new big shoe. And everyone's running these crazy times. So people are freaking out. Like, is this technology too good? And only the Nike athletes have access to it. So is that unfair in the sport? So basically, that's the big debate in the sport. And that's the question that's being asked. I don't I mean, my take on this is I, my take is that I don't really have a take. Um, mm-hmm. I see both sides of this. I mean, I'm of the mindset that technology in sports should always be evolving and it should always be evolving to like help the athlete. And at some point you need to draw the line on being like, OK, this is this is illegal or this is legal. So I think, you know, the you know, whether it's the IAAF or, or USA track, whoever, they need to come up with some standards of like what a race shoe can have and what it can't have. Until that day comes, shoe companies make the best shoes in the world. Make the shoes that are going to make me feel and be as fast as I possibly can. So like, I, I don't know, like I, 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 there isn't like very strong rules on it. So go for it. Make these crazy shoes that are going to make me run faster. I'm all for it. Yeah, it sucks when like one team has the advantage because they have the the best shoe. It's like in swimming when everybody had those full body suits going on. They looked really stupid, but they ran really fast. It's kind of what we got going swim on here. Swim really fast, Trent. You swim in the water, you run outside the water. No, nah, they, they probably pool running in the water too. Uh, <laughs> Fair workouts and they're getting added. Uh, but I mean, a shoe is kind of a shoe is kind of a shoe. And yeah, it's a it's the best shoe. But until there's like freaking rocket launchers in those shoes, it's gotta be it's gotta be just kind of legal. And it's only a matter of time. Like give it a couple of years, or not even. I'm sure give it like a year, and all the other major running shoe companies are gonna be cranking out the same types of shoes. Everybody's on the same level playing field, uh, and the athletes are still doing it. There's no like real, I don't know. It's not like they're, they're injecting something on their butt or something. So I'm okay with it. Well, they might be, but uh, my <laughs> my take on this is quick and easy. There's two there's two arguments to this, right? People are like, 
how can we could possibly compare runners of this day and age to runners of, you know, 10, 20, 30, even 50 years ago when the, t- the technology is always going to get better in every sport. That's not something new. So, like, who cares? Like, it, like Steve said, it should be getting better and better. And that's just part of sports. That's, records are going to break because health gets better, healthcare gets better, and equipment gets better, and knowledge of the sport and athletics gets better. So I don't care about that. And then comparing runners right now to each other. It's like, give me a break. You think this shoe is making like, yeah, maybe like tiny, tiny percentage helps and and whatever. Maybe it's working for some people and it makes you a little bit better. But it's not like this groundbreaking thing where all of a sudden, you know, people are going to be have no chance to beat somebody because they have these stupid next percent shoes. I, I hate this argument. I I I don't even want to talk about it ever again. I, I, I don't like this argument. I really don't. I think it's a, a silly thing to talk about. Next question. All right, we're gonna rapid fire ones here. Uh, Trent, this one's for you. Um, let's see how long, how many mil, how many millimeters long is Trent's mustache? What are, what am I in Europe? I don't know the metric system here. Do we <laughs> have a European with, listener? What I'm do you guys go think? with? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with four, five, five to six mil, millimeters. Yeah, I'm getting a good look at it right now. That's looking like. Mm, Probably 22 millimeters. I tell you what, I will measure my mustache and yeah. I will report it on the next episode <laughs> of Peak Too Early. How about that? Oh, All right, who good. who on the P2E team would win in a uh, 40 meter dash? Oh. oh, I'm sorry. That last question about your mustache came in from at uh, KDog331. This message came in from at Jack underscore Herndon. And who would win if the P2E team had a 40 meter dash? I mean, it's me. Two-time like underground, 400-meter champion at Stonehill College. It's just it's me. It's I like disputed, to be like, but it's definitely not co- me. Yeah, it's I want to be a cocky asshole in all situations, but it's not me. So uh, unfortunately, I think Mike has it. All right, listen, last listen, one. I, I I run I run the real distances, the 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 tough gritty distance. I don't do any of these glamour events. So you know I, you can you can have it, Mike. Yeah, I mean. People uh, know who Usain Bolt is. Most people don't know who Kipchoge is. So I'll take it. Um, <laughs> The last question, this one comes from M. Gendron, at M. Gendron, and, uh, uh, and with Thanksgiving approach, he asks, is cranberry sauce, is it a side or is it a condiment? It's very clearly a side. I mean, if you scoop the, the food into your mouth without having to mix it, now I mix it, I put it over my turkey, I put it in my, my mashed potatoes and my stuff and all that deliciousness. Um, but if you scoop it, like if you can just take a spoonful or a forkful and just go straight cranberry that makes it a side so it's a no-brainer it's a side trent you've said a lot of crazy things on this podcast and that my friend is by far by far the craziest thing you have ever said if you think cranberry cranberry sauce cranberry sauce is a side then you are a psychopath i love cranberry sauce cranberry sauce is great okay but it is without a doubt 100 percent a condiment okay you cannot eat cranberry sauce as is by itself you have to eat it with other things mixing it putting it on other stuff it is it is 100 percent a condiment if you go to a to a bowl of cranberry sauce and you take a spoonful out and you put it in your mouth then you are you are just a crazy person and i have to reassess my friendship with you i need to reassess if you are a a good co-host to have on peak too early Uh, we just can't have this 
Steve, you do not love cranberry sauce. If you're not willing oh, to I take a spoonful of it, do not, just, do just not go straight my for, love it. for cranberry sauce, Trent. When you take cranberry sauce, you dump a big load of it on one side of the plate, and you don't just like dip stuff in it. Then you kind of add it on top of your other food. But at the end of your plate, you just got a nice little pile of cranberry sauce, it's like your little dessert before dessert, little little appetizer dessert. I mean, that's what cranberry sauce is. It's a beautiful thing where it can act as a condiment, but it's it's most clearly a side. Okay, what other side? What other side at Thanksgiving can also quote unquote act as a condiment and isn't a condiment? Uh, mashed potatoes. You can put that on my turkey. Oh you can put that on my stuffing. You so can you're put that saying, on my, my you're green saying, beans. You're saying mashed potatoes is a condiment now? Is that no, what you're I'm saying? not saying it's a condiment. I'm saying it's it's similar to cranberry sauce, where it's just multi versatile, you know, food that can go basically on all the rest of my, my dinner plates. Psychopath. That was awesome. I just was sitting back listening, and uh, I don't feel super strongly uh, either way. I feel like there's got to be a third category that this fits into because no, I think they're both. It's a condiment. It's a I condiment. think they're they're both. Uh, but I'd say if I had to choose between the two, my I mean, you got to break the time. Mike. It, you it, it it looks like a side. It looks like a side. But it if it's truly a sauce, I mean like barbecue sauce is a condiment. It's Hot not sauce a sauce. Is a condiment. I mean, it's called a sauce trend. What do you want me to say? It's, it's not fu- my it, fault. Whoever named it is is you know a little confused. And maybe it started as a sauce because it wasn't what it is today. But what it is today is a side. So cranberry sauce is essentially jelly, right? Is jelly a side or is jelly a sauce or a condiment? I don't scoop jelly into my mouth. I am not a crazy it's person like you claimed I was. It's a def- It's essentially a different flavored jelly. Trent, what? What would you say, like, the most famous side of all time is? Like, if you're going to go to food, like, what's the most famous side? Most famous side? I don't know. Just French give, fries. Give, okay, French fries. Sure. That's a great, great example. So if you go to a restaurant, you can, like, order just, like, can I just get a side of French fries, please, or something like that? And, like, just eating French fries alone, like, having it be, like, a standalone meal. A side is meant to be, like, a small standalone meal. It's it's part of a meal usually, but it can be a side, a small – I guess meal's not the, the right way to say it, but it, you can have just French fries, and it's not a big deal. If you went to a restaurant and just said, uh, excuse me, can I get a, just a side of cranberry sauce, please? Do you think that's socially acceptable? Absolutely. They okay. all have it like cranberry you, sauce on them, and you get a little side plate of it, and maybe you want to add it to your food. Maybe you just kind of spoon it in as your little dessert. Okay, here, here's – I think here's going to be the, the kicker. Okay, so yes, you can go to a restaurant, and, and you can order a side of like a condiment or sauce, but it's not it's not a side. You're getting that you're getting that sauce or condiment on the side. If you went to a restaurant and you asked for a side of cranberry sauce, do they charge you for it? Absolutely. What? They're definitely gonna charge you for it. Not just gonna be cranberry sauce for free. It's a side. We got We got to pull up a menu here. What's a, what's like the Boston no. market? Okay. <laughs> no, they do not. It's a sauce. You don't get charged for a sauce. It'd be like getting, they'd be like getting charged for ketchup. There's only one way to settle this. We're putting a poll up. Uh, when this episode drops, we'll uh, explain it on our story. We'll put a poll up, and the listeners need to tell us: Is this a side or is this a sauce? Uh, M. Gendron and uh, yeah, of course. Okay, clearly that's my brother. Uh, he knew that this would get Steve riled up, so he uh, he submitted the uh, question. And I saved it for last because I knew it, it would get us going. Um, so that that's it for our listeners' questions this week. Uh, great questions. Please keep them coming. Um, if we didn't get to your question this time, maybe next get next time or keep submitting. Maybe just submit a better question next time, and uh, we'll get it on the show for you guys.
Uh, okay, we also had the last of the world majors of the year today. We had the New York City Marathon. Um, just kind of wanted to go through and recap it really briefly. Um, Joycelyn, uh, let's see, let's try this here. Jepkowski, how do you guys think I did there? Joycelyn Jepkowski, did I get Hold it? On. All right, all right. She ran a 222 uh, for the win. Uh, this was her debut marathon, getting a world major win. Very impressive, very impressive from our girl Jocelyn. Joyce, yeah, we, we're gonna have to figure out how to say that name because she's 25 years old and she just won the damn New York City Marathon in her very first marathon. Uh, this is somebody we should probably get to know uh, pretty pretty soon. Yeah, she's probably, probably wearing those. She's probably wearing those next percents. So that's probably the only reason that she ran well in her first try. Oh yeah, it doesn't count. Let's move on. No one yeah. cancel it. <laughs> All right, who wants to take a stab at the men's winner's name? I should probably Trent. know it's one. This is the second time he's won the New York City Marathon, but who wants Trent. to take a stab at it? Trent, you got it. I'm going with uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey was the winner. How'd I do, boys? Keep going. Jeffrey Kamwara. Oh, Kamwara. Kamwara. Yeah. Kim- good job. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All the running nerds are listening to us right now. Being they like, hate us so these, much. These idiots. These idiots don't they even know who Jeffrey. They can't pronounce Jeffrey Waho's name. Who's <laughs> <laughs> I think I did better than Mike. <laughs> but he won the New York City Marathon with a 208 day. This is his second time winning the, the New York City Marathon. So, very impressive finish for him. On the American side, Jared Ward, top American with a sixth place finish. He ran a PR with a 210. Um, very impressive, impressive finish. This is uh this is pretty encouraging. Kind of going into Olympic year, seeing American uh run a run a two ten at the at the New York City Marathon. And then on the women's side, we got our girl Desi Linden, top American with a with a sixth place finish as well, running two twenty six. Awesome to see Desi bouncing back with a with a great New York City Marathon after Boston. I love Desi. She's an American hero. Uh, Jared Ward. Until you respond to my DMs and come on this podcast, I am out on you. So. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, Jared, answer our damn DMs. What's that? I, I reached out to him twice and he just won't respond to me. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, Jared. So we we can move on. We can talk about another man, <laughs> another man in the race. Uh, the next American or the third American that came through, Connor McMillan. 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 The guy's 23 years old. Uh, like he graduated from BYU in the spring. I know. Oh, yeah. Some of those guys are a little bit older, but like, how do you freaking transition from being a 5K, 10K guy? to all of a sudden being a marathoner in just like a few short months. So, I mean, he's not taking the world by, by storm yet, but he's throwing top 10 finishes at major marathons. So big shout out to Connor. And then the guy who came right in front of him, Abdi, uh, Abdi Raham, I was uh, listening to a Connor interview real quick to kind of, you know, catch myself up. And they had to kind of mention that, that Abdi's 42 years old. This guy went to the Olympics in 2000, and he's still wow. out there throwing top 10 finishes at major <laughs> marathons. So uh, just some cool results, like, all around with the, the men's Americans um, out there. Some cool stories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're graduating college and then you want to jump up to the to the marathon right away, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Maybe maybe wait a decade before you, you subject yourself to that kind of pain and that kind of suffering. But uh, very impressive all around by uh, by the top Americans. Yep. Except for you, Jared. <laughs> All right, guys, this was a great episode. Um, on that note, let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? Not a whole lot, Steve. I'm going to end it the same way you started. 
we uh, I got to get to the, to the film room, start crying, and do my work. Patriot season starts tonight. By the time they would have heard this, the Patriots would have already beat the Baltimore Ravens. They would have smashed them. People realize this offense is for real. They would have realized that this defense is even more for real. If we lose this game, and look like a big, dumb idiot. But, hey, I believe what I'm saying. Let's go, Pat. Agreed. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Boys, I think I have the most serious Bell app thing I have yet. Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to to the Jenden brothers for running the uh, social media. The Instagram is kind of on fire right now. We just got you know a huge jump uh, in, in – what is it called, Instagram? This is how Instagram followers. illiterate I am. Followers. Followers. Yeah. I got a lot followers, more followers. They're called so you, followers. So you guys can see by that comment that, that I really don't contribute to that side of it. Um, so thank you to to the three genders that are all you know working on that because it's it's pretty cool. It looks super professional um, and people are following it after you know we had a big spike after the Sam you know interview. So um, shout out to you guys. Trent's still concerned about who's in his uh, MySpace top 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, if you're not following us on Instagram, you should do it. We got some we got some interesting stuff on there. Um, for me, um, I just had to throw out like bags of halloween candy because um it was terrible weather on halloween we didn't get many trick-or-treaters but i just can't have bags of chocolate lying around my house it's just com- destroying me yeah it's just destroying my training just it's just every time you walk by it's like oh you know i'll grab a kit kat here i'll grab a baby ruth here maybe a, maybe a reese's i'll save that for later it's just i can't have it so I had to throw it out it was a sad day but it is what it is other than that boys i would have run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the josie Pull these up here. Um, uh, you, just, you just threw Mike off his game. Yeah, there, right. Steve, I, think, I think we break it up a little bit. I think that's perfect. Just talking. No, I think it's perfect. We're just it's just fun to see Mike scramble here for the listeners at home that can't watch the video. All right, I, uh, the listeners aren't going to be listening to this anyways because I'm going to cut the shit out of it. <laughs> um, okay. And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling, waiting there for you to take and drink of. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pages. 